two, three, four. In this podcast, you will only hear Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader, includes but is not led to who talk of Star Wars, not Reagans. We can't truly prepare for the jump that follows this song, but hey, we give it a try. So here's the Knights of Vader. Crystal Fox reports they are divided. For equal sequel, hate and love they fight I know that we are just musicians hired. And their time is up, so here's the Knights of Vader. Most impressive. A big thank you to an inspiriority complex for providing our theme song. It is September 26, 2019. My name is Zach Weber, and I am joined by Statler and Waldorf right back in the balcony where they belong. Hey, we're back. Hello. Yes. All these pieces did move to the east. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> and big thanks to Chris P in the Facebook group who pointed out that there is a all the Wookiees are dead multi-pack. I know that looked that was really cool. Uh, <laughs> that's why I'm playing it because that thing looked great. He's got a great <laughs> Star Wars store up there. The, the those pictures he took, that place is insane. I know. That was that's cool. If only we had like some stores like that in the US, but they're not as elaborate as that. We have a local toy store, but it is nothing like if oh, it's just an all Star Wars store. I've just never been in one, so I'd love to see it. All right, but gentlemen, we have a ton of Star Wars topics. As last week, I said that we would be talking about Chapter 35 of Aftermath, Empire's End. Unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, depending on what you saw of last week's episode, we will not be covering that. Which I have a thing to say. Oh, I bet Uh you do. But before Zinger goes off on his diatribe... uh, we had to put that on hold because there was a slew of Disney news that came out this week in regards to Star Wars. But before we do that, I think Zenger wants to offer a rebuttal to Rob's complaints from last week regarding Breaking Bad and other miscellaneous topics. He is technically correct. The best kind of correct when it comes to that stuff, because the second he said something about uh, the Breaking Bad, I was like, that actually sounds right. And I'm... Not an expert on it, but I would like to rebuttal by saying I would like to officially announce that Rob is a squire of Vader, not a knight of Vader. <laughs> oh, no. So that's my comeback. What is he? Is he your squire then? Because I, I, I assume he's attached to a knight. I assume he's Zach's. <laughs> I don't track me into this. <laughs> so I, I, that's I'm my di- statement. <laughs> Okay, um, now with that being said, look forward to Rob's rebuttal come the uh, Galaxy of Fear episode in a couple weeks. It will be a Galaxy of Fear. Yes. All right, though, but Zenger, last weekend, or by the time everybody's hearing this, like a weekend and a half ago, you were at the Mothman Festival. Heck yeah, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, where it was at, the Mothman Festival, the uh, 18th annual Mothman Festival. Yes, it was a... It was a treat. It was a hoot. And there was Star Wars stuff there because the 501st, as always, is there. And I got to talk to some of them. Got to got, got to get some insight. Actually, ironically, meet some people that are from my hometown that made the trek across the state. But they went to go dress up in Star Wars stuff. Why I went to go talk to them dressed up in Star Wars stuff. So that was kind of neat. So, so yes. Um, if you want some of the interviews from that, of course, go listen to the... 
166th episode of Zingness, and yes, the 66 is reminiscent of Mothman, but that was not an intentional thing. Just execute order 66. That too. Um, not intentional, <laughs> so that kind of just happened. But um, I did ask them, there, there was a recurring question I asked both in the interviews when I was talking to people just, you know, back and forth, because there was a few people that just did not want to be interviewed, but they at least talked to me. So I, I'm going to ask you guys, what do you think? Because my question was, what are you most excited about coming out, coming down the pipeline from Star Wars? What do you think the answer was from from the people I talked to? Uh, uh, from, OK, from a 501st member or just a regular person? 501st member. I'm going to say 501st are excited for Mandalorian. Zach? Same. You guys would be correct. They were not a mention of Rise of Skywalker, not even a hint of interest in that. No cares in the world about what's going on with Palpatine. Just really excited about that Mandalorian show. Yeah, it's it's uh it's so like uh suit heavy, perfect for them because 501st people do seem to mostly like the uh, I mean the original trilogy era. I do see mm-hmm. some Kylo Ren's and stuff, but you don't see. A lot of the new characters. In, um, in did I see any of the new characters? Well, nope. There was a few old Republic characters. Oh, uh, my that's God. always cool. There was their Vader was not there. They said that they that he was predisposed. They did have a few. Uh, they did have two Boba Fetts. There was a <laughs> no a Mandalorian a missed opportunity. <laughs> um, they had another Mandalorian wandering around too. I saw Han Solo at one point as well, wandering around. I didn't get a picture with him, though. Sad. That's a tough one to pull off. Uh, he, he did not pull it off Zach level, but he, <laughs> he came close. He came close. And, and it, it was classic Solo. So oh, that's cool. So there, there was that. Um, but yeah, like I said, talking to them, it seemed like they were very excited. And yes, I, I do agree with you that, yes, it is probably from a what kind of... Um, Costume can I make for this um, kind of thing? But at the same time, they were just excited about the show and everything, too, because they said that it felt more like uh, classic Star Wars. And it's kind of a a element that's never really been touched on by anything as of yet. So, well, without this becoming a Mandalorian discussion, because we have we have enough on our plays. It is. But like, I don't get how like the Mandalorian, like it's. I don't know. It's just like we haven't seen anything from it. We've seen like like officially what two minutes worth of footage. Yes, there's a couple of leak things out there floating around. It's just there's not enough out there to get an opinion other than just Boba Fett iconography. Me want me likey. That's kind of it. It's just that armor is selling the show, and there's a lot of weight being put on just the character's aesthetic. Because other than that, like we've seen what Gina Carano, a Carl Weathers. And that's it. And a couple and a couple of death troopers. It's like okay, neat, but there's not enough to chew on. Death troopers. You get a Mandalorian, buddy. You're making a stew. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, nice, nice Carl Weathers. (laughs) But yeah, so um, moment. Yeah, like Mandalorian is gonna be interesting to see what happens. But uh, speak unless there's something else to be said about that, though. We have some Jedi Fallen Order news, which if you didn't know any better. You'd be like, oh, wait, yeah, there's a Star Wars game coming out this year. Which Sam. was my response to this trailer. 
Yeah, today they can just think too that Lucasfilm did. Like, there's been more Star Wars news, both officially and unofficially, in the last like five days than there's been in the last five months combined. Oh yeah, it's there's so I, much I, stuff. I forgot about. I know we've even talked about it. You and Zenger did a whole episode about uh, Force <laughs> of, of Unleashed Awakens uh, a couple times. That'd be a good one. Uh, but yeah, I kind of forgot again just because I've been thinking about uh, Last Jedi Mandalorian. But yeah, that trailer. It's a game. Uh, yeah, the trailer for the game. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. It's a game. That's kind of all I can get from it. Like, it doesn't. All I keep seeing is Guy McFace with a big lightsaber hilt fighting Inquisitors. And apparently that's supposed to say, okay, EA saying, give me $60. But EA, I need a little bit more than just a guy fighting Inquisitor. But this, but this whoa, is a completely whoa. different, like him working with a totally different person than from before. Yes, it's as if General Rom Kota guy gender swap. Oh, hmm. also, um, one final thing before I, I, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention this that um, the zombie Palpatine coin that caused the stir on our Facebook thing. That's that's all it was. It was just a little commemorative coin that they did that has Mothman festival on the other side where it's got TIE fighters flying from a bridge. So yeah, I want to say that Mothman Fest, uh, somehow they always do have some weird Star Wars collectible thing. A couple years ago, remember, they had a Death Star patch with the yep. Mothman on it in the year. It, it, was, it, it was totally random. It, it was it was oh. Stitch as the Mothman. Oh, that's right. So I have that. Oh, really? Yeah. And there's a, and a Death Star on it. That's yep. right. And it says Mothman Fest 2017. Yep. I don't know why. There was, there was nothing. I don't know. But it was really cool. So, sorry, I just wanted to mention that. That is no connection to the new movie whatsoever. That, To the best of my knowledge, unless the 501st has some insider knowledge on something going down in the new movie. But anyway, sorry. Back to, back to uh, Force Unleashed 3. Yes, Force Unleashed Awakens. three. Yes, Force Unleashed <laughs> three. Force Awakens. <laughs> this time it's personal. Uh, but yeah, uh, this game I, again from a story perspective, I'm excited for it. It seems like a game. It that's might be more than three lore. hours. I hope it's for, for, oh god. The weird things that like already like all like Amazon has it down to like fifty dollars already, which isn't really promising for like a pre order to be discounted. That uh, does that so, happen a lot? Well, no, it's, I think Walmart's doing this, and not that I'm trying to promote Walmart, God, no. Um, they're trying to do this thing, I think, where they're already, like, giving you a discount on the games. You know, like, a lot of places have, like, well, Best Buy had the Gamers Club, but now that's gone, where they're like, you get a discount on the games. They're just straight out being like, we're just marking down the games 10%. What now? What now? Everyone come buy games from us. So that does might that, have something did, to do with but that. But does that happen with all the games? Like, does Madden? Does that happen to Madden? Does that happen to Call of Duty? No, of course not. Those games sell. <laughs> oh wait, I just might have answered my own question. Huh. Yeah, that's like, like I said, folks. Um, I I do want to play Jedi Fallen Order for the story because it seems interesting. Because we have like a do weird like week. Well, I am gonna wait a week. I am gonna wait until like like Black Friday. I'm gonna get it for like thirty dollars. That's what I plan on doing though. But it's gonna be kind of like a nightmare, like trying to traverse like the internet space that like revolves around Star Wars, not have like spoilers thrown at me. Yeah. So that's so wait, Russ, are you getting it? I'll probably wait it out a little bit too. I'm not. I don't think I'm gonna buy it right away. I haven't bought a new game in so long. But I hey, 
they got one new thing in that game. I saw an Abednado in there. You saw him? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never seen one of those characters before. Ever. In a game? Have there, has there ever been a playable Abednado character? Yes. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there has? Yeah, in Battlefront 2, he's an unlockable skin. What? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's there. So you have to play Battlefront 2. They screwed up the game. They released an update yesterday, and they screwed I, it up again. I saw that. I saw there was an update, and I was like, oh, man, I'm sure we'll talk about it. They screwed it up even worse. Now Now what happens is that... Um, Wasn't Scarif? I know everyone wants Scarif. I still have Battlefront 2. I played... I, I got to put the update on, but... Yeah, what they did, they add... I haven't... I didn't play... I didn't get to play in the maps. So you can't choose maps. You just have to, like, go into the rotation, hope that you get it after, like, 18 hours. Um, I, I, I saw the, clan, uh, the clone commando... Um, it's weird. I don't know. I haven't figured out how to work the clone commando yet, but, uh, it's, they, they've broken a lot of things. Now when you shoot characters, like a giant, like it's the strangest thing, a giant, like a, a metal, like a, a shield, like I can imagine like, like a knight shield shows up and it makes a clanging sound when you shoot people. And I'm like, what does this have to do with star Wars? I'm like, I'm <laughs> guessing it means something, but like, they don't tell you anything. They just keep changing things with the game. They just figure you'll figure it out eventually. Um, but I guess, like, I don't know. EA is a mess. EA doesn't know. It still doesn't know what they're doing. It's not even like a purple glowy shield, like Gungans style thing. Well, it's kind of it. like it's red and glowy, so maybe it's evil Gungans, Sith Gungans. So, so to conclude on me answering my own question, I asked you guys, how long am I going to wait? I don't have to worry about it. I just wait until Ellie breaks down. Does Ellie care about Jedi Fall? Oh world? my God, she was very excited about it. She was watching the trailer, and she's like, this looks awesome. She goes, look at that cute robot. This is going to be so much fun. And I'm like, yes, yes, Ellie, get excited. Buy it. So I don't have to. I got to say, that is, I think, what separates it from Force Unleashed. uh, Because it does have, like, looks like it has a little cutie side to it, too, with all all the evil. Like, those guys are all going to bond in a good way. But but I I want my character that's, that's, that's on a lonesome road and... And keeps acquiring friends, but doesn't want them. <laughs> oh, I think it is interesting about that game is that the guy's lightsaber hilt is like longer than his arm. If you look at that lightsaber. I'm not joking. Go look at the toy. The lightsaber hilt is like almost as long as his arm. And I think that's at least something interesting. Just like that's why they Star keep Wars figuring lore. out who he is. Uh, wait a second. I just realized something. I have the um, the official gameplay demo playing. And yes, I am watching something in the background, but it looks like those two characters appear that are in the other one. So I guess the I guess this is probably the shortest storyline in history. I'm giving it four hours to beat the game. Apparently, they claim that like you have to like go back. Like it's not it's not as linear as you think. It's Dang like it! That lightsaber is long. <laughs> See, I know the innuendo. Like What's his name? What's the character's name? Cal oh, Cal McFace. Cal we'll Cal McFace. Yes, his name is Cal McFace. It's guy. It depends on what kind of mood I'm in. It's Cal Calrissian or Guy McFace. <laughs> I'm guy somebody, is all sideburns. <laughs> pretty much, but yeah, uh, Jedi Fallen Order. It's you know what? Apparently, Vader's. You can hear Vader breathing in the trailer, so I'm, I would imagine he's going to show up in this. I don't know. Wait, yeah. Yeah, he's around during this time period. I'm losing track now between Mandalorian and Jedi Fallen Order. All this pinballing in the Star Wars saga. We have Mandalorian, then we have Jedi Fallen Order, then we have Episode Nine, then we have Clone Wars. It's How like, are the oh, filthy casuals going to keep it all straight? 
They're not. That's the problem. They, I think they've given up already. It's, <laughs> it's just Star Wars is just Star Wars stuff. And that's what's supposed to be like the ninth sister or something, or is that just an inquisitor? And that giant bat? Wait, it, is that uh, that's one kind of man? Star Wars-y? Oh yeah, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, they're just no, no. There's 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 one of the brothers too. Yeah, shows at one point like that big thing that's all imperialed out. It's one of the brothers or something. And what are those troopers? Yeah. They like purse troopers. Oh, I was like, are they like quasi death troopers? Are they like die troopers? There, there's, there's my joke. Time to right. sell a new, time to sell a new toy action figure character trooper. Well, trooper. I see, I see. Sagarera's in it. Does that mean Borgullet? Origins of Borgullet? Maybe. Apparently, it takes place five years after Revenge of the Sith, so we might even get Jyn Erso, like baby Jyn Erso in this. Ooh boy. <laughs> Wait, will we get booty? Or Cal Calrissian could meet Captain Calrissian. Or Captain Maybe. Endor. Endor Calrissian. Well, um, a- oh, wait. There's your crossover for your Disney streaming service. Because then you can have this actual person appear in that series. And they did base it off the actors, like, extremely. Like, they did. They made, like, a one-to-one comparison of the actors, so. Oh, it's or- like they've never done that in some other Star Wars game before. Oh, wait. <laughs> God, it's it is seriously like this game was. Hey, can I copy your homework? Yeah, but try to make it different. It's and then true, they though. didn't make it different. Like as I was watching that trailer today, I'm like, I've seen this before. I got really excited for this game back in 2008, and I enjoyed it then. <laughs> whoa, it whoa, does. whoa! You did you see a guy roll off a stormtrooper's back or a scout trooper's back and then stab him in the face? I'm no, pretty sure there's a death animation somewhere. <laughs> No, wait, he, he wouldn't roll over their back. He'd just blow their spine apart and throw them across the room. Exactly. Thank you, Sanger. But this has, has wall roll on people's backs. He's not oh, as good. Oh, man, that reminds, that reminds me of Jedi Outcast from 2002. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, that was the big the list for that. When did that come out originally? Uh, September 24th of 2019 for the new systems retro. Oh, no. When did it originally come out? That's a good question. Are we all going to be quiet until I find out? Okay. Oh, I've seen that. I love that game. That game you could play as Lando Calrissian, and yeah, you could wall run, and you could you could make any character. You could make Lando a Jedi in the multiplayer. You could make anybody anything, really. It was fun. Uh, to answer out- the question Russ asked, uh, this is Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast. Yeah, 2002. Oh, I was close. Pretty close. And now ends the portion of me reminiscing about that game, too. $10 right now on the PlayStation Network. Or whatever Xbox does for their points now. I don't know. Sure, go play the arena and go be the blue uh, blue Rodian named Beto and make him a Jedi. Nice. <laughs> I, I was about to say, I'm, I'm waiting for the dull thud of Zach just hitting his head against something. No, I think he's the bathroom, so. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. I look forward to hearing all this when I have to go edit it. Um, so, I guess let's get on to the to, to the actual topics today. Yes, the other topic. No, today's kind of like a smorgasbord of, like, random stuff. It is. All right, folks. Do you want to – do we want to go to the kind of the slower news stories and crescendo with the big the bigger ones? 
Or do we, we just kind of like, that? or do you want to just blow our wad right out the gate? Because there's two, basically, there's the two big stories, and there's like this little kind of like small one. Um, I, I think I know which small. one's which. I'm glad I might we not even know which one you're talking about. All right, let's see. We'll all say our favorite story all at once. Let the audience decide which direction we go in. Oh, right, oh, it's a Choose Your Own Adventure podcast? This is dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> it's just three different voices talking over each other for the next hour. Oh, man. No, okay, let's go with the, the slow story. Uh, it seems that Galaxy's Edge sluggish attendance has its first uh, casualty. casualty. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes it seems what? that Catherine Powell, who's in charge of U.S. and Paris theme parks, the Walt Disney Company, uh, I don't know whether she resigned or got fired. Oh but God! I thought someone died on the Millennium Falcon for a second. All right, go on. This this isn't Mission Space, Russ. Oh, that's the only simulator okay. that kills people regularly. <laughs> but no, the thing is, is that there's this narrative going around that Galaxy's Edge is bombing. I think the jury is still very well out on Galaxy's Edge because. The major ride still isn't open. Disney's done everything within its power to black out regulars from going to the theme parks during this time because Disney drank the Kool-Aid that the park was going to be swamped when the Star Wars thing opened. The public drank the Kool-Aid. And then I think the biggest thing is that it's really expensive. That was actually to go flavoring. Well, don't. <laughs> that's our thing, Sanger. That's our <laughs> joke. That's, that's Knights of Vader flavoring because we can't afford Disney can't have the Kool-Aid. They can afford that. With the prices they charge But no, I think the main reason why Galaxy's Edge is It's not doing turnaround Or turnaway business For again the aforementioned reasons I think it's also that it's just too expensive to go to Disney In general Yes Yes, yes. very much Like I would like, again, like I said, if I had all the money in the world Sure, I'd be booking a trip down there But considering that like you crunch the numbers And it's just Again, I do not have a wife and kids Unlike you guys do like just for me to go down there, I'd be looking at a couple thousand dollars. I cannot fathom what it would cost to bring again wife, kids. I would imagine it's probably close to ten thousand dollars, if not more, if you want to do it right. Yeah. So think about it if you can afford it, and you're looking at it and go, all right, well, I'm I'm gonna blow all this money on this big Star Wars experience. Uh, I might not be able to do it again for a while, but then I'm looking down and there's a hotel coming and the big ride isn't even open yet. And there's supposed to be a million people there. So probably the people that can't afford it didn't book and are waiting. They're just going to wait. And, and now I'm getting mobbed by the TSA because I wanted to bring a Coke back. <laughs> apparently that was that was uh, overblown. And TSA never said you could bring it. It's apparently you can't, you can't bring it on board if you have um, if it still has like the Coke, uh, the drink in it. Because whatever it is, it's over like two point seven like oh. fluid ounces. That it's was not the issue. mint anymore. <laughs> oh god, those, those food packaging people, man. Yeah, they they got to keep that stuff in mint. You can't just go home and put Coke in it. It's not going to be the same. How can I sell it on eBay once I've already drank all the Coke? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's again, Russ. I think you nailed it on the head. It's just an issue of, I think, Disney held back. They did a lot of blackout dates, and it's really expensive. And plus, too, like, after a while, like even though Disney is very popular, but if you're going to spend like $10,000 plus for a family vacation, there's other nicer places to go. Not Again, <laughs> Disney's great and all, but like if you're going to spend that kind of money, like come on. Like there are other destinations. Could you just go to Skywalker Ranch for that price and just bother Lucas? 
Oh, you get there for a fraction of the price. And you can take a picture in front of the in front of the Yoda uh, statue and stuff. I mean, I'm yeah. just I'm just wondering, can you do that? I guess we might find out with a later story. They probably have tours. He waves is it out done? Of the window. Oh my God! No, is it done by him? By Lucas? Oh, that would be oh. great! Yeah, he's just. He's like, he's got a golf cart in like one of those little attached little wagons, and he just pulls like maybe six people at a time, and he just tells them stories. That would that I would pay the ten thousand dollars for that. Well, this is my office where I create. It's a, it's a digital playground where I use the, the latest technology to channel the power of my imagination. My uh, films tap into a mythology that I think uh, we all. Uh, recognize mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, does that mean that, uh, that Star Wars uh, is a religion no it's just a movie uh, actually I, w- I wasn't asking you there I wasn't asking you yes yes it does it is it is a religion but um, does that make me a god no it... <laughs> again uh, not asking you I don't know why all those ethnics got upset with uh, that Jar Jar, but we're going to have all new characters in episode two. You want to see some of them? I guess. So it was back to Skywalker Ranch to meet the oh. new characters. Oh, Lord of Mr. Obi-Wan! These are being chased in that This is some kind of a joke. Oh, no, 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 no. This is, this is a distant relative of Jar Jar Binks, Aunt Jar Jar Mima. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just leave. Just leave. See? God, fine. You know, if you want to be like that, just go. No, now we're not leaving. Oh! You make me so mad, Gene Pauly. As I left Skywalker Ranch, I reflected on my visit with George Lucas. And I couldn't help but think of the words of Jar Jar Binks from The Phantom Menace. Ungins no like them outsiders. They send bomb bad. <laughs> the Lucas haunted hayride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's trying to compete, but he's like just doing it in the ranch with his, and he's got like black garbage bags. We're going into the force tunnel now, going to warp drive, and like a strobe light goes off. I'm going to need to replace the bulb in that one. Well, oh, really, really ruining the experience. Now we'll go to the food court where it's all new. Oh, you ruined it. I was going to say this entire thing was just like he has like a little like lawnmower, like a John Deere, <laughs> and he's driving around the food court mall. <laughs> That's all. Mr. Lucas, you can't operate gas machinery in close space. Don't tell me what I can and can't do, you little punk. My this, is, this is pod racing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Zinger, do you have anything to add about Galaxy's Edge? Because that's a nice segue to our next topic. I, uh, I, I think, I think you guys hit the nail on the head with this one. I mean, uh, I, as much as I want to go do that, it is not very high on my list because, God dang it, that is beyond expensive. And yes, I do agree that it would suck to go there and like half the crap isn't available or has just mobs of people on it that I have to beat off with one of the lightsabers, which I'm not allowed to get. What, that's like $300 or something? It's 200 yeah. 
but do I would I pay that to beat a ton of people out of my way to get to the next ride? Yes, yes, I will. Oh, oh, I'm glad you bring that up because that's become a thing now. Again, the weird not Star people? Wars. Well, that's always a thing. I but could. part of the part of the not must Star Wars contingent is that Disney has a rule to theme parks that if you buy one of the lightsabers, they give you like a very nice carrying case that's like insulated so you don't break it. And people are mad they can't buy it and then go around swinging it at each other in the, in the theme park. <laughs> and people are like, can you believe this? We're spending $200 and we can't even play with the lightsaber in the park. Well, yeah, because it's called a liability. Because if you hit somebody with the lightsaber and you, like, knock a tooth out, Disney will be sued. Like, if you're that thick and dense that you can't realize, you know what? I'm at Disney World or Disneyland. There's literally thousands of things for me to do right now. And the fact that playing with a plastic toy for, like, I don't know, two hours is such a hang-up. Don't go to the park. Go to Walmart, buy a $20 lightsaber, and go swing it around the parking lot. Like Could you, you imagine read- being in the cantina if they allowed lightsabers? Everybody would just be trying to sw- swing everyone else's arm off. Constantly, <laughs> like, oh, sorry about the mess. Like, oh, that's what I mean. It's so, like it's, it's a safety issue. Yet people are so hung up on this weird sort of just like non-issue that like, oh, I, I just because I spend two hundred bucks, I can do whatever I want in the park and potentially hurt people. It's like no, imagine. Imagine some kid beating you in the back of the head while you're trying to go up and down on the Falcon. It's <laughs> oh, terrible. So wait, because I mean, I got the Obi Wan Kenobi lightsaber that I got at Celebration, and they did not tell me I had to do anything with it except for have fun with it. Yeah, I think Celebration's a little different. They've been allowing fake weapons in there. You know that that's just par for the course. Now there. wait, but could I bring my lightsaber from the no. outside inside no. to no. whack people with? Well, that's that's bait, Ross. That's a trap right there. It's a trap. Can you get a, can you get a branch and paint it? I found this here. <laughs> this is here. Just, just have to get a spray paint right there beside it. <laughs> the outline of it on the ground. Mickey's looking very upset like, at hidden you. Out. You think anyone's hidden out and like been able to sleep in there yet or hide out in there for a night? I'm sure someone's pulled it off. Galaxy's Edge? Yeah. There's I, probably no way. Well, place like well that. I don't know. It's like in today's day and age, I would what? imagine like ugh, anything is possible to put your mind to it, though. But I would imagine like what's the point? Other than just saying you're able to do it. And the problem is that if you ever said you did, someone would rat you out to Disney so fast and you get like permanently well, banned. You could play with lightsabers in front of the Falcon. Oh, that's, that's what it's going to come to. Now, once people start doing that, raid Galaxy's Edge at night, they can't stop us all or something, then yeah, then maybe they'll start allowing it. Uh, okay, hold on. Just just allow me to just indulge in this real quick. If, if I'm, I'm doing a hypothetical here, and since it's recorded, I don't know if this will work in the court case in Florida, but it is Florida, so I will slowly become Florida man during this conversation. If I get myself blackout drunk enough that I cannot remember the crime I've committed, is that plausible deniability? If so, I will drink a handle of whiskey, jump the fence, and go sleep in the Falcon after attempting to drive it. But is me attempting to drive it operating a motor vehicle while (laughs) under the influence? Do I get a DUI? (laughs) 
I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing you mentioned outside of the park. I was about to say you'd have to take out a second mortgage to uh, get to be able to get drunk at the Galaxy's <laughs> Edge. I think the drink price is there, and the amount of alcohol probably in those things, and they're so sweet. You would you would go into like some kind of diabetic shock before you would ever get drunk. But I would do it also outside. need to counteract the drinking with a few bangs to make sure I had the energy oh, to continue oh. to do this insane thing. But once again, we don't serve his kind here. Your <laughs> bangs. You'll have to leave them outside. <laughs> uh, so that's that is my lawyer question for the week. Do we have lawyer zanger? Do we? I don't know. Is that one have of the we many ever seen a lawyer in Star Wars? There's no lawyers in Star Wars, is there? Is it the Senate? Uh. The Senate's a lawyer. The Senate's <laughs> yeah, senators. He, you got to think he started as a lawyer, though. I, that give us that series, the. Law, Law and Order, early Palpatine oh, origin. Oh boy, Sheev Better a, Call uh, Palps Disney Plus series. Better Call yeah. Palps. <laughs> <laughs> better Call Sheev. Actually, let's take a look at Better Call Sheev. Oh, oh man, what what would his law commercials be? <laughs> All right, Zeng. Okay, Zeng. I want you to do a Palpatine I must be frank. You are me. in deep, deep trouble, my my lord. All right, what, what do you want, Zach? <laughs> I, I'm losing track, folks. Um, all right, Galaxy's Edge nonsense aside. Uh, moving on to Bob Iger recently released a memoir of his about his tenure at the Walt Disney Company as CEO. In this memoir autobiography, he mentions he gets very personal and talks about how when he sold, well, when Lucas sold lucasfilm to disney and they bought the rights to lucas's outlines for a potential sequel trilogy and then a couple years later when jj abrams and michael arndt went to tell george lucas this plot line of episode seven lucas was disappointed and then when he eventually saw the force awakens he was even more disappointed and apparently it's this big hullabaloo where basically everything we kind of surmised about what Lucas thought of episode seven basically happened. Lucas felt it was a step backwards. It was very derivative. It didn't really advance anything technologically. It was a very stagnant film in the context of the overall series and the internet, again, especially YouTube, which after all the news headlines this week, good Lord, I think uh, Star Wars YouTube is going to have to call the 1-800 number on the back of the pill bottle saying <laughs> if they have an erection lasting for longer than four hours, please call this number. Because the amount of videos I've seen in the last like three or four days about like the humiliation of Kathleen Kennedy, she's ruined. Um, my favorite headline being that Kathleen Kennedy apparently is casting Brie Larson for something, despite the fact that everybody's running with the same news story from one particular site that gets everything wrong. But um, yes, YouTube Star Wars has a raging hard on right now. Chances are the, they're going to pass out soon from the lack of blood going to their head. Um, but with that being said, folks, all this stuff about George Lucas, thoughts? Okay, so... So since we've established this, was he taking them on the tour of oh, Skywalker <laughs> Ranch when he discovered when they told him when they broke the news to him as he's driving in the golf cart? I'm with the goggles why am I, on. Goggles on. Oh, it's a pod racing. Theme oh, right, 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 right. I see. I just imagine him being dressed like the dude for some random reason. Oh, I was almost picturing like an engineer overalls too, and like a little scarf. You know what? I like, like yours. Choo -choo. <laughs> <laughs> except, except my thoughts. 
<laughs> Except for it's Anakin's helmet from the pod race thing. <laughs> uh, and he's got a magnet that he keeps like reaching for like a reaching stick. <laughs> it's it's also his pointer for when he's going and pointing out like the, the there's the um, there's the Gungan lagoons I built. Look at them. And and it's a lightsaber hill. But my thoughts on that <laughs> I like that some of some of Lucas's ideas are kind of the core of Force Awakens though. He wanted a, a female Jedi character. Uh, he said that Luke would be in exile, right? Isn't that just part of George's outline? Those things right there. We we don't find outline. Zang, you're not allowed to talk anymore for us this episode. You, it's all you've been doing is joke, man. All right, Russ, Aww. going back to serious things. Um, no, the, Lucas Lucas's outlines for the sequels have never been publicly released. Every once in a while, something trickles out, but it's kind of like how much of it is. I don't want to say truthful, but it's like, okay, how much of this is someone's interpretation of what they've read? Because I know some of the, I think it's Phil Sostak. He's one of the um, oh, concept artists. He's always tweeting stuff out. I think, in, I think in The Last Jedi Art of Book, there's like one image that was there from like Lucas's treatment of Luke's like, like original Jedi temple, which eventually morphed into what Octo would be. And I don't know, the, the rumor I've always heard about the sequel trilogy that it was, like you said, it was going to revolve around a female Jedi, but it was going to be more children. Like, they'd all be Jake Lloyd Anakin's age. Uh. Like, ima- imagine Canto, the kids from Canto Bite. That's kind of what your, your protagonist of the sequel trilogy would have looked like, accor- again, according to the rumors of uh, if Lucas See, That would have been the way. prequels again, though. Yeah, that's kind of... It would have been Harry Potter. Not a joke, Zach. Serious statement. It would have been Harry Potter at that point. Yeah, I, the magical I'm, world of Jedi school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. I guess I, again, going back to some of the comments specifically in the article, and I'll link to all these in the show notes. Um, it says, in Bob Iger's book, he explains that Disney purchased Lucas Lucas's outlines for three new movies when it made a deal to acquire Lucasfilm. Although that purchase was in part made out of a sense of obligation, it suggested we decided we needed to buy them. The chief exec writes a decision made with studio head Alan Horn, though we made clear in the purchase agreement that we would not be con- that we would not be contractually obligated to adhere to the plot lines he laid out. As it turned out, Lucasfilm and Disney didn't follow Lucas's lead, and blah blah blah. blah. In two thousand, wait, wait, how's that? Uh, a decision discovered when Lucasfilm head Kathleen Kennedy and Force Awakens writers J.J. Abrams and Michael Arndt met to discuss a new trilogy, specifically the 2015 installment. George immediately got upset as they began to describe the plot, and it dawned on him that we weren't using one of the stories he submitted during the negotiations. George, now, knew hold on, we this part, like, that part right there. Okay, so okay. think about this. And I actually, I, I almost want to maybe defend J.J. and Arndt and them because Bob Iger seems to take the credit that that he. He he never told them that Lucas like thought they were doing the treatment. He these guys got sandbagged really bad. So could you imagine showing up and what it's like for George Lucas to be mad at you? Because we see we see tons of footage of what George Lucas is you know normally just like. Could you imagine going there and you're like, yeah, this guy's my hero and this is what we do. He's like, no, ah, like he starts freaking out on you. I I, <laughs> I couldn't imagine. I feel bad for them in that situation. I, that that's on Iger. That whole thing. Go ahead, Zanger. I'm letting you off the leash. Make a joke. I'm I'm so angry right now. Oh, you're gonna be sorry. Oh, oh my God, he's turning red. <laughs> I'll try to make a Darth Maul. He's turning into Darth Maul. He's got little horns. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Mr. Lucas, and like all of a sudden he has to look at it, he's like, okay, where's my where are my face paints? I need to Give be dark black and red plaid. <laughs> <laughs> he gets up, he's like, I'll be right back. Walks out, you just hear him yelling in the distance, Where are my face paints? And then comes back, back in. <laughs> then in the background, you see him getting like, Where's my CD player? I need to play the duel of fates. <laughs> I'll show starts, them. Uh, <laughs> He takes the light, uh, the lightsaber he's got. He just starts like bashing computers and stuff. And JJ's like taking notes. Okay, bash computer <laughs> with lightsaber. I'm basing my villain off of him. This is gonna be great. <laughs> More lens flare. Oh jeez. You're making um, but, us about the past. You need to kill the past if you have to. Somewhere but, Ryan okay. Johnson's like <laughs> miles away. His ears just perk up. <laughs> Um, but now, Russ, getting to your point, okay, Zanger, no more jokes. We're, everyone's, I'm good. There's a little toggle switch. It's like, okay, jokes, <laughs> yes, jokes, no. Um, no, oh, more jokes. Well, no, I, I got something here. Okay. Okay, can I do this properly? I, I feel like, okay, so Lucas, of course, I, whose side am I on for this? I don't know. Um, so Lucas sold, of course, Star Wars, all the intellectual stuff, everything involved with it, including his quote-unquote, scripts he was doing or his outlines to them. Sure. Isn't this this basically kind of the same thing of, I mean, and, and he did they force him to include the scripts, or they, they you said that they felt obligated to get to take them? According to the story, and that's according to Bob Iger's book, and again, with any sort of official biography or autobiography, always take with a grain of salt, is that I would imagine they... I read somewhere, it might have been another article analysis on this, was that they bought the story treatments just to make sure they had everything. Because however think, it worked was – go ahead, Russ. No, wait. So what if – what if? Uh, so Lucas definitely made extra money. I mean that, this was part of the deal. It Probably part of it was this. What if he was just trying to skim a little more coin out of it and he just like printed out like the old Super Shadow sites with the <laughs> synopsis of future movies. He just printed out that more like, oh, by the way, I've got three other movies here. That's going to be another – 500 million and they're like yes okay we do we have we're not going to use them but yeah we'll we'll, we'll buy it george I, I again i my thing on this is um and there's a little bit more to it the story but it's the whole notion of does the jj abrams michael aren't meeting it's like they again i not to, i don't blame anybody here like lucas should have known better it's disney disney recycles everything um disney doesn't do what again disney Especially with all the stories I've been going on this week with, with just the weird decisions they've been just – all the stories about Star Wars Disney's been letting out there is just so bizarre. Clearly, I think even at one point – I don't know. Where, where is this? Somewhere in the article, Bob Iger says something about, oh, like Lucas – like he showed Lucas the uh, cut of the film. And it was something along the lines of um, Lucas said – well, okay, here it is. Um, it says, okay, things didn't improve when Lucas saw the finished film. Following a private screening, Iger recalls Lucas didn't hide his disappointment. There's nothing new, he said. In each of the films in the original trilogy, it was important to him to present new worlds, new stories, new characters, and new technology. In this one, he said there weren't enough visual or technical leaps forward. He wasn't wrong, but he also wasn't appreciating the pressure we were under to give ardent fans a film they felt quintessentially Star Wars. And there you go. Like that, that sentence right there, or even phrase, we were under, um, uh, he wasn't appreciating the pressure we were under to give ardent fans a film that quintessentially, that was Star Wars. And that's what it is, ardent fans. That's not my Star Wars. 
That's that's yeah. synonymous. Our ardent fans are not my Star Wars. So it's going to be, and based on what we're hearing about the rise of Skywalker and all the other stories that are coming about coming out about Star Wars this week, they're catering to the vocal minority again. It's like again, Last Jedi made one point three billion dollars, but you know what? A handful of people on the internet complained loud enough. And it's funny. It's amazing how Disney ignored those people when it came to Captain Marvel. The exact same group of people wanted Brie Larson's head on a platter. But it's amazing how we ignored those people. The exact same people, though, complain about Star Wars and we give them everything they want. Hell yeah. I mean, wait, no. It's the same thing that happened with... um, uh, what happened with, uh, oh good lord, Kelly Marie Tran And then uh, uh, Black Panther People were sitting there on a, a tirade against her Kelly Marie Tran It was, well, we can't get involved The fans are going to do what the fans want And then one person on Facebook creates a We're going to boycott Black Panther the movie And that got shut down immediately And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa It's like, why are we, again This weird sort of bubble that Marvel has and I can't figure for the life of me, like I have a pretty good idea of understanding how Disney does things. And this last, oh God, I, don't, I can't even say week, the last four or five days, I can't figure out what on earth they're trying to do. Like literally every single day this week, there's been a bad story for Star Wars. And then it concludes with here's 800 pictures of all the toys that are coming out in eight days. And it's like, what, what are you doing? I'm a schmuck on a Thursday night talking about this stuff, and the, the the marketing is horrible. We have the CEO of Disney writing a book saying Let's about see. how the cre- creator of Star Wars dislikes the sequel trilogy and everything they're doing. Then the day before, we have the person that's in charge of the theme parks getting fired, or a subset, not the person in charge of all the theme parks getting fired. Then we have another story that the Marvel, the, the Kevin Feige is producing a film. It's not even that. He He had a meeting. He had one meeting with, with, with Kathleen Kennedy, and because the goddamn internet extrapolates everything, it's now being snowballed into, oh man, Kevin Feige's taking over Lucasfilm, which couldn't be further from the truth, because idiots on the internet don't know how to interpret this. Never mind the, 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 the raging hard-on against Star Wars that's on YouTube is profiting off of it. That's the problem, too. Is that Lucasfilm, instead of having a three-hour-long thing with the actors looking at their action figures, have the Star Wars show push back against these narratives. There should be a Star Wars thing, whether you want to make it official or not, that you got to start pushing back against this. Like, in all honesty, I was reading the headlines today, and I was getting irritated, like, oh, God, I'm going to have, we're going to, well. Russ and Zenger can do whatever they want, but it's or have any opinion they want. I'm not going to tell them how to think, but it's like I'm going to tell them how to think. Oh, if if only, folks, <laughs> if only. <laughs> I would I would have to say no jokes 800 times every episode. <laughs> but no, it's like I, I was reading these stories over the last few days, and I'm like, oh, good lord! Like it's getting tiresome for the same reason why I've been complaining about the fact that there's going to be a scene in Rise of Skywalker that Luke apologizes for the Last Jedi, which after reading that Bob Iger quote for the ardent fans, oh, I'm it's guaranteed, folks. That's called guaranteed bet we're going to get that scene in the Rise of Skywalker where Luke apologizes for that film. That's going to happen. Like that, that's a fait accompli at this point. And that's why with these, these articles though, is that, like, why is the CEO, CEO of Disney less than three months before the crescendo of the Skywalker saga of all of Star Wars releasing a book where he openly states that the creator of Star Wars hates the direction they're going in. Yeah, that, that makes no sense. It's not like he is hard up for money. Why, why, why does he even put that in there? I mean, it's, 
It's a to weird cause thing. Controversy. It's going to sell copies. It's not helps. Does he think he's endearing himself to I don't like the prequel haters or something? Where yes. he, I, is that what it yes, is? Where he's like, God, it sounds. He wanted he wanted to make it like Ant Man, Star Wars, and Middle Chlorian world and all this, and we saved you guys. That's what it is. It's this weird sort of thing that I to this, again again I like for the most part the direction that Lucasfilm has taken Star Wars post Lucas. I love Rebels. The I love everybody knows my affinity for the Last Jedi. Force Awakens over time, I'm appreciating that film more by more. Not like it, I still think it's the weakest Star Wars thing ever done. Um, but I'm getting used to it. But it's again that thing the ardent fans, and then a couple maybe a few months ago now, Jim Hill, who is a Disney insider when it comes to everything Disney, he had a tweet and it got overlooked that said Lucasfilm and Disney is believing the narrative that the fans hate Star Wars. They're believing it. And guess what? They're going to cater to that. That's the reason why you're... I think part of the reason why we're also with the Rise of Skywalker, there's going to be things in this. And I know there's... And for the record, folks, I've officially stopped looking at the Star Wars Reddit leaks page. So if you want that sort of Me insight... Too. There you that go. wasn't Russell. a lie. I never started. That wasn't a lie when I was on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I I did delete it right then and there, and I haven't been back. Sorry, I sorry, some sorry. Close. I meant serious podcast host Justin Zinger. I never looked. <laughs> uh, if only only folks can keep the jokes to when they're perfectly right. Zinger's good like that though. But the problem though is he got he's got to keep it contained. He's got to save up where the bar gets really high. Then he uses it. And has to recharge over the next ten minutes. Um, but no, I'll be back I, in ten minutes. <laughs> no, but I think it's true though. Is that clearly they're trying to cater to that to these people? Because there's because there's no reason why that even the Kevin Feige story would have leaked. You look at that that article from the Hollywood Reporter, and they're the ones who broke the scoop. So, folks, unless you're reading the Hollywood Reporter article, don't believe anybody else's regurgitation of this. Because I was listening to stuff in the last couple of days, well, in the last 24 hours, it was making me mad. The amount of people that are just spinning this the wrong way, either intentionally or unintentionally, it was making me genuinely angry because it says that Kevin Feige had discussed a foray into the Star Wars universe in a late summer meeting with Kathleen Kennedy. Co-chairman Alan Horn and Alan Bergman And that was it So you have four people in the meeting Let's say two or three assistants And considering that the assistants don't make much money and If they leak this sort of stuff Their jobs are gone So think about it Who Who is there to leak this meeting to the press It had to be somebody in charge Yeah this was a this was supposed to be a good spin Because I mean there's a lot of goodwill I guess with Feek he's still uh, So yeah get, the idea of him being on And what is the breadcrumb they gave us that he wants to do a film if a certain actor he can attach to it. And seeing what people have extrapolated that is great. Uh, I've seen – what have you seen as far as who they think this actor is that Feig wants to do a Star War with? Well, the internet's favorite punching bag, Brie Larson. That's the only one I've seen. Oh, I've seen Keanu, that he tried oh. to get Keanu in the Marvel verse, but he wouldn't do it. But he, the people are imagining him as Revan or something like that, Keanu Revan. The other one I've seen is Sebastian Stan, not Shaw, oh. right? Sebastian Shaw is the old man. The guy who, the guy, that's old Vader. The guy who played, you, that, you know how you've seen the um, the images where they put him next to a young Mark Hamill, and Mark oh, yeah. Hamill's even said, if anyone's ever going to play me, please let it be, uh, please let it be him. 
and that that might be the actor that he would like to that 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 would be another thing where disney's like see everyone loves that idea like everyone is like if we can use luke do it like that and that's something people want but i don't know about that what what, what would that be well, the problem is, is that this is the thing that Disney has to learn, and they're going to learn it hopefully eventually. Is that with Star Wars is a very I'm going to be use a, a nicer word than I probably should, a very unique fan base. They're not the Marvel people. The Marvel people eat all of it up and don't care how bad it is. They just don't care. The animation people are their own subset. The theme park people, the Star Wars fans, get off. On complaining how much they hate Star Wars. And this has been going on since like nine, basically since 1983. Because if you go back, I have that making of Return of the Jedi book. And there's, I forget what page it's on. There's a part where Mark Hamill even starts complaining about how bad Return of the Jedi is. He says it's the, it's, it's the, it's the, the, oh God, it was the worst script of the three. It was all this stuff. So Mark Hamill complaining about Star Wars isn't even new. And that, and you guys know, uh, Star Wars fans prove their fan by how much they hate it. And that's, yeah, what it's that. and that's, <laughs> what, and that's the problem though. Is that this is a vocal minority. Wait they, a second. Oh, dang it. It's up in 10 minutes. Never mind. Continue. <laughs> Um, no, but that's kind of the whole point, though, is that like Disney has to learn that you're never going to win over the entire fan base. There's always going to be detractors, and you have to just go like, go ahead. Just, not that you have to kind of shoot from the hip, but it's going to be you know what? If you feel that you have a good project, you have good writers, and it's a script and a story that you believe in your filmmakers, you have to go with it. And even last week, I talked about it a little bit. I didn't get into it as much detail as I would have liked. But in the J.J. Abrams Force Awakens commentary, he makes a very big point in that film of saying that he practically reshot most of the film because he didn't like how it looked in, in the initial cut. He admits that pretty much, if you listen to that commentary, he reshot every single scene with Daisy Ridley and John Boyega. He reshot every scene with them. And so I'm starting to think that Considering that The Force Awakens was the new era of Lucasfilm's first project, and like any first project with a company under new leadership, it set a template going forward. And that's probably what happened with all the films. It was, okay, J.J. thinks that by reshooting the film, we're fixing problems, then we're going to do that for every film, whether it be Rogue One, be Solo, that if we feel there's problems, we're just going to reshoot, the, we're going to reshoot our way out of it. And I think that's part of the issue because you don't make movies, you don't do any project in life by figuring, okay, if it doesn't work out, I'm just going to throw it away and start over three quarters of the way through. That's not how you do anything in life. But the whole issue is that I don't know what Disney's thinking. And and yet while I was thinking about this in the last, God, 24 hours, I'm not sure if Zenger remembers this, but two years ago, before The Last Jedi came out, it was almost this exact same time, maybe maybe October, before The Last Jedi, Lucasfilm announced that Ryan Johnson was getting his own trilogy. And I remember – you can go back, folks, and listen. <laughs> I said, why are they announcing a trilogy of the director of whose film who doesn't come out for another two months? It makes no sense. Hype. Hype. Hey, I, th I think this is all hype train. But it's not hype because it's been two years. We we know just as oh no, much I meant like like, like them leaking all this stuff. Like all the stuff that's coming out right now is them just – Trying to stir up, you know, interest and stuff like that without them having to put out a new trailer or do anything like that. But the problem, though, is, and this, okay, 
I, 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 I get that, and I agree with it, too, and it, for the most part, though. But the thing comes down to is that when they have stories like Kevin Feige's take, like, like I said, this Kevin Feige thing, he took a meeting with them. And why the hell not have him? He's he's the most successful producer in the history of Hollywood, and he works for the same company that Lucasfilm is owned by. Why wouldn't why if you have Kevin Feige and you have him to contract, why wouldn't you have him look at literally every single movie studio in the Disney Corporation? Just what just look at it, not give not even give notes. Just look at it and be like, oh, what do you think, Kevin? Why wouldn't you do that? And then the problem, though, is that, like you guys are saying, when it comes to the the hype machine, is that when they leak a story like this, whether it's intentional or not, guess what? You get you get 800 videos on YouTube the next day that say the humiliation of Kathleen Kennedy, and then when you go to the trending news stories, whether it be Twitter, Google, Facebook, you get all these headlines like Marvel taking over Lucasfilm. Uh, uh, is Lucasfilm in trouble? You, it's not a positive story and that goes back to the marketing department the marketing department should look at this and go this is not going to help us it's fueling the fire of the people that that want to destroy lucasfilm like i keep saying youtube is the enemy of star wars and i want to say Lu- now that there's this if there's a hate engine out there i don't think there's anything that they can put out that can't be spun to get more clicks for people like that i'm kind of i don't know how deep you go in watching those i certainly don't i don't really i don't know those guys kind of drive me nuts but yeah what is the uh feeling is the feeling that Fiki is is there to be the savior because i'm sure they all hate kathleen kennedy right well, that's what it is. Yes, you're right to an extent because Kevin Feige is the the second coming of Christ to these people because all Marvel does is make perfect films, and as Zenger can attest, they ain't all perfect. And you look again to this day, I still can't figure out the narrative that that when it comes to Kevin Feige, Infinity War makes two billion dollars, and then two months later, Ant Man the Wasp comes out and makes a quarter of that. Yet it's fine. Marvel's perfect. And it's like, no, Ant-Man the Wasp made $200 more million than Solo did. Again, yes, Solo is a bomb, but Ant-Man didn't exactly blow the hinges off the doors. And yet nobody talks about that. Nobody talks about the fact that the first Captain America and Thor movie made 300 and something million dollars worldwide. If you look at what their budgets cost with marketing and advertising, they're lucky if they broke even on those. And yes, I know I'm talking about something from eight years earlier, though, but at the end of the day, folks, and I know we have people that listen to this podcast that are part of the Not Much Star Wars, Kathleen Kennedy, Rate My Childhood, Ryan Johnson, Rate My Childhood. <laughs> Everybody at Lucasfilm, even though their livelihoods are connected to Star Wars, so they must hate it. Again, it's, it's driving me up a wall, but getting to your point, Russ, about the people on YouTube, there's two channels I listen to. Um, there's Grace Randolph, who I've been watching her videos now for almost 10 years, and there's Midnight's Edge that I've been following ever since the Josh Trank fan stick situation. And why I tried a couple of weeks ago watching one of Midnight's Edge Star Wars things, and, they, and within the first 60 seconds, they start talking about how Ryan Johnson ruined Star Wars indefinitely. And it's like, yeah, he ruined Star Wars to the point of $1.3 billion. Yeah, right. It's like, I, I, I can't, it's the facts. The facts contradict every point they bring up. And I know they all point to Solo and go, see, see, see. And my thing with Solo is, Solo was a doomed movie because it, does, it, didn't, it should never have existed. General audiences don't care about a prequel to a 40-year-old <laughs> character. They don't. The kids don't want to see uh, a young version of a character that dad and grandpa like. I'm sorry. Think about. It. Imagine if I'm trying to think of an example of this. Can you, yeah, uh, like if we got like you, you young Lone Ranger. Yeah, and it didn't work. 
That's Young Indiana Jones. Well, that was TV, and that was that was something different entirely. But yeah, can you imagine if all of a sudden if they made a like Russ? I think the best example is the Lone Ranger, and you know that's kind of an extreme example because the Lone Ranger was like you're talking about like long, long time ago, right? You but, could probably say Superman also because I, you know, the early Superman movies those were made by people who watched that old crappy black and white Superman TV show, and they're like, we can finally make him fly. But it kind of goes back to even when like Man of Steel came out in 2013. There was a reason why. If you looked at the marketing campaign for for Man of Steel in 2013, they never said the word Superman. They never said it. You know why? Because Superman was the the, the the title was seen as a, a an antiquated term. And guess how they tried and they tried to rebrand the character as Man of Steel. Now, I'm not saying that they didn't use the word Superman anything though, but that's what it was. Was that if you looked at a lot of the, the articles from the Hollywood trades, that's what the the Warner Brothers was trying to reinvigorate the character. And that's what they tried to do. That's and that's part of the thing is that if you are going to do a Han Solo prequel, you got to make it interesting. The same way why uh, Rogue One, when it originally was kind of proposed, was like, oh, it's going to be a uh, Princess Leia spinoff film about her stealing the Death Star plans, and they decided against that. That's wasn't it originally supposed to be a TV series? I, I, I think point. I don't know, but I know I Lucas so. had uh, a TV thing where he was trying to make that Underworld TV show happen, I believe. And yeah, yeah. No, okay. but, but but getting to your point though, Russ, about thing about like, is there anything to make YouTube happy? No, and part of that is because it's part of the Star Wars fan base that's been perpetually angry since 1999, and they're never going to be happy no matter what you do. And then the other half of it too is that people on YouTube are making money off this. And as long as people are making money off off of other people's hatred for things, it's never going to stop. And you have to learn that, you know what? You look at the cinema score for The Last Jedi. The cinema score for The Last Jedi is like an A minus. It's an A or an A minus. I'll, I'll look it up right now. But that's all you need to know. A cinema score, what they do is they're an organization and they're outside movie theaters on like the Friday night a movie comes out, opening night. And they ask the people who went and saw the movie, what'd you think of it? And usually a cinema score is dictated by how well the marketing conveyed the final product. And if a film gets a high cinema score, that usually means that, you know what, people are satisfied with it. And rule of thumb with cinema scores that anything like B or lower means you're not going to have good word of mouth. But B plus or higher means you're usually in decent to pretty good shape the higher you go in the lettering grading system and i'm almost certain that last jedi got an a or an a minus and again i I know i did an entire discussion about this a long time ago but again it made 600 and something million dollars in the u.s it was the highest grossing movie of 2017 and yet somehow people think that that film ruined star wars yeah so what what well what is it then did these people walk out go up to cinema score and go i loved it or just walk out of theater and go man that was really great and they get online and people go can you believe this can you believe luke would never do this and this person would never do that and god that girl and they're like hey you know what yeah what about that stuff and then they kind of rewrite their own history with the movie that's, I feel like that happens a lot too. Well, again, the thing about the Last Jedi is that I don't doubt that that st- some Star Wars fans were disappointed. I don't doubt that. 
Um, again, for those who you that wanted him leap, leaping around on wire work, um, swinging the, the laser bolts from the walkers back at them, you know what? I'm sorry for you if that's what you wanted, but it didn't happen. Like my version, I want for episode seven. I didn't get that movie in 2015. Yeah, I didn't sit there and say Star Wars is ruined. And Kathleen Kennedy, at least she could have sat there, put some lube on it before I walked into the theater. Okay, it, Zach, real quick. Yes. I feel like I'm a broken record because I know I brought this up before. Did Last Jedi ruin anything from the from the original trilogy? Don't Wait. ask me. Did, ask ask. No, no, me. no. I'm I'm just I'm just saying this as like a general thought exercise. Did it? Yes or no? We don't know. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That, that was perfect. I like to imagine that like Russ and Zenger are texting each other, like, okay, I'm, and Zenger's like, I'm gonna say this one thing, that I'm gonna cue you up for a, a sound. He's not Russ. winding me up. <laughs> he, I'm I'm not. I sadly he's that good oh, with the sound. I don't know about something like that. Thank you. Um. <laughs> I also kind of know it's on the soundboard, so I can set it up if see, I really want see? to. <laughs> but, um, okay, so here's my thing. Nothing that has been done in Star Wars has retroactively gone back and ruined the movies you grew up with. Oh, Luke isn't the person he... he then don't watch the new movies. It's not like somebody went, sat there in a goddamn plaid shirt and when i'm gonna recut these movies and i'm gonna make it to where no one will see the uncut versions of these again i was gonna say if anyone's guilty of, of, of touching the original trilogy it was the prequels and <clears throat> sorry just for some of the things that we pointed out like uh like old jenga's voice yeah yes it, that's that's the thing not not trying to point blame at lucas here but he literally did go and ruin your childhood he took what you remembered and actively destroyed it and has not had an access to it since then. What Disney's done now with these new movies, you don't have to watch them to still enjoy the old ones. Nothing is ruined from the old ones. It's not like they're going and recutting the originals and being like, no, this is how it actually happened. No, it's it's it's, it's this own thing that you can go and watch and you can like it, or you don't have to. No one is forcing anyone to watch Star Wars anymore. Or and ever then, has. And then if you, when you get old, man, there's no way you can look at the ones you saw as a kid like you did when you were a kid. Exactly. And that's exactly you don't have the same eyes like watching these films. And I enjoy them, but yeah, I don't I'll I don't think I'll ever feel the same connection to the sequels that was the original trilogy, but that's because I'm not six years old anymore. But that's the thing I got put again, I don't know. I, again, maybe I'm a, a, a unique basket case. But Zenger can tell you, and Russ, I'm not sure how far back you listen to this podcast, but in the lead up, not far enough. And but again, in the lead up for the Last Jedi, though, I was like anticipating the Last Jedi like a colonoscopy. I really (laughs) was. Like you can go back to the episode when Ryan Johnson got announced for his trilogy, and I was sitting there saying, like, why the hell are they doing this now? Imagine if the Last Jedi doesn't go over well. What's the point of being a Star Wars fan? <laughs> it was weirdly prophetic, but from a different angle now than two years later. And I went into The Last Jedi really kind of like gritting my teeth. And like I always joke, I walk into every single Star Wars movie after The Force Awakens saying the same thing I always say. Please be a good movie. Please be a good movie. And I remember, the, I can still remember at the end of The Last Jedi watching it for the first time. I sat there and I didn't know what to make of it. I honestly did not know what to make of it. It's like, but you know what I remembered? 
it's and I, I know again friend of the show john justice by his latest book embark to treasure and darkness he says on his podcast he talks about this in the context of like spoilers and stuff and he goes like oh I get more pleasure from the spoilers than I did or getting bits and pieces of the spoilers and connecting the puzzle than I do watching the movie, uh, uh, completely surprised for the first time unspoiled. And my thing though, is that when I was in the last Jedi, I can still remember key moments of that film. The first time when Ray hands Luke, the lightsaber and he chucks it over his shoulders, my jaw genuinely dropped. I'm not even joking. I can still remember that moment as if it were yesterday. My jaw dropped because this entire thing that been have been built up to for two years. Oh, what's what's Luke gonna do? All the fan theorizing about oh, what's what's Luke gonna do? Oh my god, is he gonna sit there do this? And he literally takes this, he takes two years of fan anticipation and he throws <laughs> it over his shoulders. And at that moment, I that's the first moment where I said, aha. I, you know what, I'm liking what I'm seeing. Then the second moment in the film where I really, I was saying, okay, and usually I I subscribe to the rule of threes. Once is an isolated incident, twice is a coincidence, and three is a pattern. Second moment in the movie where my jaw dropped, and I'm not making this up, folks, it happened a second time, I was shocked by this, is when Kylo Ren kills Snoke. Because at that exact moment, when the lightsaber turns and cuts him in half, Two years of fan theories and anticipation went right out the window. All the preconceived notions, gone in an instant. In that moment, I said, okay, now they're speaking my language. And then the third and final thing is when Luke Skywalker shows up in the exact way that I pictured him post-episode 7 since the first moment I ever saw episode 6 when I was, I don't know, 8 years old. That's what it was, is that I didn't, again, I didn't have these thoughts about The Last Jedi. I I didn't connect them until after I'd seen the movie and I thought about it. And I didn't see The Last Jedi immediately after um, the first one. I know a lot of people now go buy like 800 tickets for like the first like three weekends. I didn't do that. I saw my saw it opening night. And then guess what? I didn't see it again for like two to three weeks. And I let it sit and coalesce. And then I saw it back to back on New Year's Day. I saw it at 12 noon and at 3 p.m. And I kind of said, oh, good Lord, seeing the same movie twice back to back. I'm like, oh, this isn't really a good idea. I've never done it before. (laughs) And guess what? It was so much fun seeing that movie because that was still within the kind of like the Christmas corridor. Both theaters were packed both times. You know how much fun that was seeing those moments in a theater with an audience that had never seen a movie before back to back. Hearing the applause when Snoke gets cut in half and then at the very end when Luke comes out and brushes the dirt off of his shoulder. You know what kind of applause that got both times? Oh, the Holdo moment. The, the silence whole- of the Holdo ship moment. That was that was a yeah. great theater experience. I, yes. I really enjoyed that. Lightspeed bullet, right, Zanger? Yeah, me sitting there going, oh, sh-. <laughs> and, I, and the thing I think about though is that when you have these moments in the film, Kylo Ren, again, when it comes to me as a Star Wars fan, I think of some of my favorite moments from all at this point. I've lost track how many movies there are. It's that the Kylo Ren killing Snoke moment might be one of my favorite moments in all of Star Wars because at that moment, and this is going to drive some people nuts in the audience, Ryan Johnson saved Star Wars' soul at that moment. He honestly did. He took all the nostalgia and the worst parts of Star Wars, and he literally cut it in half and destroyed it. And and even though Disney can, again, if anyone's going to destroy Star Wars, it will be Disney. And I concede that. And I made this really warped analogy that I still think is correct 
to Chris when he came and saw me. He gave me the Revenge of the Sith airbag, which this day I still look at and I love. Um, I made a comment to him, and I said, Disney buying Star Wars is kind of like the story of the scorpion the frog. Disney will kill Star Wars. They will. But only because it's in their nature. Because they're going to just milk everything dry. And you have to accept that. It's Disney. They're going to sit there, oversaturate the market. They're going to make it ubiquitous. They're going to just make it everywhere. And you have to come to terms with that. And I eventually came to terms with that with Solo. After I saw Solo, I kind of, you know what? I said, you know what? If Disney's going to make one of these movies every year, six months, three months, I'm fine with it if they're all up to the quality line of Solo. If I get a Solo-type movie every three months, I'm not going to complain. Will I eventually grow bored of Star Wars? Probably because it's human nature. The law of diminishing returns. Basic psychology, folks. You can figure out most of this stuff without me sitting there lecturing you lecturing you about it it's just that's kind of the reality of the situation is that star wars like russ said and zenger said as well you're not going to get that same burst of nostalgia that you got when you were in the theater in 1977 80 and 83 you're not going to get that but if you open your mind to new ideas and perspectives like i did with the last jedi you can have a fantastic movie-going experience. You are your own... If, if you're mad at The Last Jedi and Ryan Johnson, he's not your biggest enemy. You are. Because you have to go in with, with not zero expectations, but you have to have blank expectations. All Just let them tell you a story. That's all you're owed. You're not owed 40 years of nostalgia. You're owed one good story for 120-something minutes. And the moment you learn that lesson, your, your life as a Star Wars fan will become infinitely simpler and less complex. And yet, for some reason, Lucasfilm feels, instead of saying, you know what, let the storytellers do their job. No, 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 no. Let's appeal to the people that won't stop bitching no matter how hard we try. That's the problem, too, is that it comes to what, what we now call fan culture. And that's why part of the reason why, too, when I prepare this podcast, it's I don't, I don't want to listen to 800 other podcasts. I don't want to listen to other people are thinking because all it does is cloud my judgment. That's the reason why I said why, because, again, it's somebody who is runs a Star Wars podcast, co-hosts one. It's like you do want to be well-informed, but you also don't want to be so well-informed that you have no self, no sense of, like, self anymore. You need to reconcile all these pieces. You can't just sit there and just consume everything and then let it kind of like, oh, good Lord, then regurgitate what you read. That's a thing, too, is that you also have the blind leading the blind with the stupid Brie Larson story that's going around. Yeah, I saw reference to that. I didn't know that she was actually well, who they thought that she was considering a film for. And even if they did, is she is is she just this lightning rod right now? That is that much hate for her? Well, that's Apparently. the thing. T- well, that's she seems no, that, nice. Well, that's it. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, Ross. <laughs> um, but it's the whole idea that like Captain Marvel made four hundred million dollars in the U.S. It made like over one point. I think it's at one point two billion. It made it made over a billion. I know that much. And yet. She's the worst part of the MCU. It's like, no. It's like, you might not remember. It's also a thing, too, that just because you don't like something doesn't mean that you're pro- you get to project it onto the overall thing as a whole. And the problem is that we have this echo chamber, the YouTube Star Wars fandom, and that's what it is. It's just everybody sitting there passing around the same ideas until they eventually, I, I, I think, um, 
I haven't seen it. Well, it probably still exists. I just haven't seen it a lot lately. It's a thing that, like, when people say like the Last Jedi, and they write them off saying that it's oh you've been bought. It's like, what does that mean? It's like, what do you mean someone's been bought? Yes, I don't doubt that there's there's shills out there. Shills are going to shill. I don't doubt that. But to say that anybody likes a film that you don't means they're a shill. Like, I don't know what kind of like, oh good lord, uh, tiny brain you must have to think that. Like that's kind of the problem. That Your Star brain was... must be a shooting star. <laughs> oh God, put me on the spot. I can't uh, uh, follow. God damn, you're making me. I think your brain is a shooting star, son. Very funny. Yeah, very. Funny. Thank you. <laughs> I needed that. Got to unplug from those YouTube guys. If, if they, if it, this, because it's become so toxic. It seems. It, it, this, no, it, it has. It's. it's it's a bad time to be a, a, a huge fan of Star Wars who actually loves everything. I mean, I'll say I like uh, there's something good. I've said it before in, in all forms of Star Wars and not everything is going to be perfect. But as long as they get the world right, just go with it. Think about the fact that we have not gotten Star Wars like actual good Star Wars content in like decades, technically. And now we're getting stuff hand over fist and people are complaining about it. Yeah, the, the YouTube rabbit hole is like the worst place to go right now for any of this because I, I have to sit there and scroll. Why don't unsubscribe to them or not watch them anymore through like certain YouTube channels going like, oh, well, here's my did you know that this is this person's, you know, what what Yoda was thinking when he was fighting um Sidious. And it's like, what the, where is this coming from? This is the kind of garbage I can't stand too. It's just, it's like, this is coming out of nowhere. And then you got these people that are just like, I have an opinion. Everyone else needs to agree with me because I'm the master of opinions. It's another thing that, 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 that like the YouTube hole is, is like, I'm, I'm certified in the fact that I have a YouTube channel. That's great. Good for you. It's You, you got a camera or know how to edit software? You can do that. You don't know how to do that? Go buy a microphone and pay for um, a hosting fee and do a podcast. But that's Wait, the thing. That's what though, I did. But that's the dichotomy, <laughs> though, between YouTube and podcasting is that, and folks, I want you to always be leery of any news sources, quote unquote, that don't have any stake in their own. Oh god, channel brand because YouTube doesn't charge you for anything. You can anybody can make a YouTube channel and just spout nonsense. As I've called the YouTube thing before, it's the it's the bizarre of stupid. You literally don't need anything. You can go get a camera which is on your cell phone and you can go pirate a video editing software for zero dollars, and you too can be an internet or a YouTube celebrity. But like so, like, and like Zenger said, I... Russ knows. I'm just writing this down. No, go on, go on. <laughs> but it's but it's true though. And considering that, like how Ma- Russ made the joke that everybody on here has their side gig as, as a podcaster, is that all of us here are putting money where our mouths are. Again, like we again we we do the thing for the Star Wars podcast. Zenger has Zeng this. Russ has unbelievers. I have cinemonities. Everybody's sitting there putting money into the platform, into their own brand. YouTube ain't doing that. That's the problem. (laughs) But that's the point, though, is that like these people that are making money off hating Star Wars are profiting off hatred. And that's the thing. And they're not even they're not even putting any of their uh, outside of maybe spending an hour or two every week to edit the video. You know, they're not these, putting any effort into it. 
these not my Star Wars fans didn't listen to Yoda. Yeah, they turned Yoda into a ketamine racist freak, and I don't like that part of it either. <laughs> I, I I was more going for the um, anger leads to hate, hate leads to fear. <laughs> I got that backwards, didn't I? That Yoda quote that's that something leads to something leads to something. I can't get it. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. But okay, this is my question though, and this this is for you two now, and for the audience at home, is that your your Lucasfilm? I okay, and let's just say Disney. I don't know who's handling the PR and the marketing anymore. I've kind of lost track and who who what branch, especially with Disney, considering how many different tentacles they have. It's that who who controls what? But if you're Lucasfilm and Disney. Why isn't your marketing department trying to stop the bleeding? And I'm not saying that, like, oh, by sending these YouTube channels a box of Star Wars toys. I'm not saying that's the answer. I'm not even hinting at that. But there's you're get you're a, a marketing executive at Disney. Why isn't this your concern? There's there's no online hate group trying to get start a boycott against Frozen Two, Maleficent Two, <laughs> or any of these things. So why aren't you trying to sit there push back upon this? And like we discussed yeah. earlier with the Mandalorian, we have no Mandalorian. We have what one sixty second long trailer for the Mandalorian. Why aren't we putting more stuff like that? And then maybe for the Rise of Skywalker. Maybe instead of having a Hot Toys uh, promo image of Palpatine, why don't you go get a still from the movie <laughs> and put that in the poster? It's the small things that make a difference because when Lucasfilm becomes lazy or, who again, the marketing department becomes lazy, those sort of things, low-key, you know what? Give credit. It's they're relying the on, on the fact that they know that you're just going to it's, – it's Star Wars. We don't need to market or do anything with this. And as Zach has said a hundred times before, Solo proved you might need to do something. Yeah, they thought they could just put the movie out and just say – Come get your food. And that we would just run to them. That's a new one. Check out on Believer's Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> also – before we move too far, the quote is fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. And I will, I'm, you know what? Once again, if these freaking nerds love their, love their stuff enough, they know that everything is, is fear, fear of change. That is what these people are fearing. Their fear has led to them being angry on the internet. Anger leads to their hatred going to others, and hate leads to suffering. The ones of us who actually want something new or just want Star Wars because we love it are suffering through uh, them having to pander to these freaking neck-bearded morons. No, yeah, nothing against that... anyone who has a neckbeard for other reasons. The Why you would, I don't know. Thing. That people go, oh, well, it's just some SJW agenda putting, uh, how dare it just not all be uh, all white people and Billy D anymore. And it's like, is that really like that's that's all media now. I mean, there's the world in on Hollywood, especially in the film industry is a lot more inclusive now. And the huge stories like this. Of course they are. That That is that that's a lightning rod too. just brings it into a whole different category of fear and hate. 
Well, I think part of that too. What's that? And suffering. And suffering. No, I think part of it too with that is that unfortunately, the culture war has bled into everything. Whether that be again, like think look at Ghostbusters from a few years ago. And I keep trying to tell people this because I get <laughs> Well, okay. I keep trying answer to answer the call. Answer the call, okay? <laughs> oh yeah, that was the tagline. I forgot they, they they made that tagline like after the fact. I forgot about that. It's um, literally the title too, unless they put the year behind it on the DVD. It's, it's called, it looks like it's called Ghostbusters. Answer the call. Yeah, and yeah, it's on the Blu-ray box, I think. Um, no, but the point being is that I, I've told I can okay. I think I've mentioned it a couple times on here. Is that it's probably going to make somebody in the a few people in the audience angry? So I am a conservative-minded individual, and I'll let you extrapolate <gasps> that however mighty I know. Everybody get their, their pitchforks and uh, cancel, cancel me. But the thing I keep telling people is that like when you see the producers of any Hollywood movie make comments, again that's their opinion. It's like as long as it doesn't bleed into the movie, just. This thing about SJWism in Hollywood, it's like, yeah, they believe that stuff. They they have every right to believe it. But it's not in the final product. There's no SJWism in any of the Star Wars movies. Like No, I, not I, even close. The closest yeah. is the is the idea of um of the prop war profiteers. It, 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 that's the only and, but that seems like a natural story that, that would have to come yeah. out and start it it kind of fleshes out the world, that thing we all want so much. That yeah, somebody's making all this stuff. And that that was a bit more political than uh, I guess social justice. Yeah. But Lucas did tons of political stuff. It fits right in. Yeah. I mean, let's see here. Star Wars came out in the seventies. That's thirty years removed from. They had Nazi imagery. Thirty years removed from a very like that being something. Like stormtroopers. Uh, Nazi soldiers are referred to as stormtroopers. Most of the weapons they have are. World War II era weapons. Like, that's the thing. There was, I mean, that's the, the empire equals Nazis in, in Star Wars, basically. So, I well, mean, yeah, they're, it, they're, they're, they're space fascists. That's what they yeah, are. Exactly. And that, and that's the thing you, you do that, but then it, it it's right there. It, it's, it's always been there. It's not something that like, they're going to beat over your head or it's not something the war profiteering, that whole thing. You go 10 years from now, that's still going to be something that's probably relevant in the media then. Or it's something that's relevant to the movie itself. It's not something to where they're making a hard stand on anything. I mean, yeah, you could construe it that way, but I, I didn't take it as like, a up oh, they're doing a jab at this. It's like, oh, this is something that obviously would have existed in this mythos. But the Let's thing explore. Too, but that's the thing, though, is that the, the, the culture war has bled into everything. So no, so nothing can anymore just be entertainment in a vacuum. Everything has to be extrapolated to the culture war into who's winning it, whether it be the left or the right. And that's the problem is that everybody's looking for a foothold in entertainment that they'll either claim it as a victory or they'll claim it as, a, oh, God, they, they've crossed the line now. Like Lando and Solo, that that was their other that was the Solo lightning rod, the uh, L three relationship. I, I still see people that seem really confounded by it, and that, that why would they push something like that? Did they push that though? They did. I, it's it's a very they're trying to make Lando cool, and of course Lando's going to be trying to bet anything he's in a room with for well, more than five seconds. So that's I, what I took it as. I felt like it was just this subtle thing. I'm like, oh okay. I'm like they they didn't like. 
she mentions something. It's kind of vaguely brought up again later. It's it's not something that's like hammered into your freaking like face during it. So I'm I'm kind of like whatever. They didn't cool. do it in the movie. <laughs> but I, but the problem I, is that the producers like I forget it was either one of the writers or one of the producers was again. And it's also the it's also the media. The media is not helping too because the media again trying to sit there outdo one another. Asked one of the writers or producers and it's like oh. Do we have any uh, uh, special types of something, something in the movie? They're like, well, maybe Lando's. You know, Lando's open to all things. And guess what? So he's, a, ha- he's Pando. He's Pando Lando sexual. <laughs> My brain hurts. <laughs> maybe. No, but the thing is that like that happens though. And guess what? It becomes a headline and it gets passed around. So, so you have one comment on a red carpet, and then all of a sudden you have you have thirty YouTube Damn. videos. Yeah. That's how canon is created, kids. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of it too is also just content. Like you think about it, if you're on YouTube and you're making money, you're you're good. If you have stuff to make content, there you go. Yeah, it, it's content, and people click on it. I look at Mike Zero. He puts out like two videos a day, and they get like thirty thousand views per video. He's making. He's got to be making close to. Uh, uh, at least what a few hundred bucks on every dollar. single video. Uh, that's more than a dollar. You wouldn't be doing this if you only making a dollar. I can imagine. Well, I'm not wrong. But okay, Sanger, Russ kind of answered the question. He can offer a rebuttal if he'd like to. But why do you think Lucasfilm's not trying to push back upon this? In upon- any meaningful sort of way. Like these things, if I can, I, I would call, in all honesty, I'm thinking about calling this episode uh, Star Wars is Bad Week because you have Bob Iger crapping on the company. They reveal that Luke officially Lucas hated the, the, the sequel trilogy. We have the. Oh, the I hated the, it. We have the, what should we call it, the woman from the theme parks getting fired. And then we end, we cap it all off with merchandise. Yeah, here's Daisy Ridley and some toys. But I actually have to watch that video. Some of those toys do look cool. But what what I think they're thinking, okay, I think Disney takes a really hands-off approach to YouTube in general. And I mean, this can kind of, kind of cross over something I did on my own program about, I don't know if y'all are aware of Elsagate. I would definitely don't have to get into that. But all just series of disturbing videos meant for kids featuring Elsa and Spider-Man. And Disney is not never spoken up once to get these, they're really, really vile, to get them pulled. And I think they just got some weird hands-off thing with anyone saying anything on YouTube. It, they they don't seem to care. I wonder how much of it. Thanks for answering the question, Russ. No, no, I think Russ did. You know, talk- to me. <laughs> no, no. Well, you know what? Russ gave a good answer. He doesn't make jokes all the time. He has a soundboard that does the heavy lifting for him. Damn. So I'll, so I'll allow it. Maybe you get a soundboard and I'll let you come back. Wait, is, um, it, is it? Can I get a soundboard of just me making the wisecracks? No, no, especially not that. Um, <laughs> no, but I wonder how much. And I'm not talking about. I'm not saying. For the record, folks, I don't want anyone to get the idea about like deplatforming. I'm not saying that. Everybody's allowed to have an opinion, voice it in any way they think is best. What I am suggesting is intellectually disarming and defeating your opponent. That's what I'm saying. I'm not. I do not yeah, want like anybody. Chest. Sure, but that's that's why I mean. I don't want anybody taken off or have their voice taken away from them. I'm not suggesting that. Do not get the wrong idea here. My thing is, is that why isn't Lucasfilm? I think I talked about this with John Justice when I was on his uh, on my Nerd World like a month or so ago. Was that why isn't Lucasfilm reaching out to? I don't want to say friendly outlets, but friendly. 
oh god, fan creators, fan content creators, and being like, I don't know, that, oh, we're running a contest, and if your podcast or YouTube channel is selected, you get to interview the the costume designer for the Rise of Skywalker. What? Are you trying to get us a trip on the Lucas Choo Choo? Because I am down. <laughs> <laughs> we can only hope that the Lu- Lucas Choo Choo is the grand prize. And right over there is my one-to-one ratio of Millennium Falcon. It was built in the 70s, so it's a, it's it's mint in box still. Just a giant <laughs> toy box sitting there. Lucas had... <laughs> with a giant image of him playing with the guys on top of the, the box. <laughs> oh. I'm glad Zenger's on this podcast to amuse himself. <laughs> I am. Ever since Russ got Zenger hooked on Bang, he's never been the same. <laughs> oh, man, you guys are keeping me up way too, too late at night, too. That's the other problem. I'm delusional at this point. But I don't know, though. I don't know why Lucasfilm and why, again, like you said, Russ, there's one thing about taking down, like, inappropriate videos. That's that's an interesting I, – I, I, I kind of knew that existed, but I never knew that Disney was so hands-off with that sort of thing. But the question – Again, it's just the idea that, like, why not push back in any meaningful sense? Like, take the Star Wars show on YouTube. It's like, that's not doing anything. It's just two people in front of a camera on a set saying, oh, look, Star Wars. And they wiggle and dance around for eight or nine minutes and then wait until next week. That's not changing anyone's opinion about Star Wars. Nobody watched, no one who's never heard of Star Wars or has a bad opinion about Star Wars watched the Star Wars show and said, aha. That's the secret. And now I love Star Wars. And that's not to say that you can't have that. It's not like I want to see the Star Wars show go away. It's just the whole idea that like you you have this platform. Like what? Does the official Star Wars YouTube account has how many millions of subscribers? Do something with that. You consider there are so many friendly Star Wars outlets out there. And instead of like just having the fans like think of all the weeks on this podcast where we had nothing to talk about. So we kind of had to kind of delve into other topics, whether it be sketch comedy or miscellaneous things like in those weeks where there's no content there's kind of it's a slow news week why don't they reach out to the some of the podcasts and be like hey like we've listened to a couple of the episodes of your show we really like it how would you like it for like an hour on like i don't know a sunday afternoon we bring in this producer and they tell you what it was like shooting on location in this country why not? I'm not yeah. saying you have to have the major actors like, oh, we have Daisy Ridley or Adam Driver. I'm not saying that'd be really cool, but I'm not even saying that. I'll just be like, oh, so what's it like working on this? What's it like? Like, what's JJ like versus Ryan versus Gareth Edwards versus uh, uh, Richie Cunningham? It's <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like, it seems so simple as a way to, to generate goodwill in the, from from the fans. That's what it because is. Like, I seriously feel like they don't think they need that. Well, they clearly do. That's but that's the that's what the ultimate question is. Why is nobody at Lucasfilm aware of this? Who's in charge of social media marketing? Like I know a couple weeks ago they had um again, excuse me if I'm getting the name wrong. On Twitter there was somebody, I think their name was Mar. Again, if I'm getting that wrong, excuse me. And they had never seen Star Wars before. And they were like doing a live tweeting thing about like every single one of the movies. And this person, Mar, was giving like all these like goofy, crazy names to all the characters because she didn't know the names. And she kind of became viral within the Star Wars Twitter community. And like within like two days, 
she was in contact with Lucasfilm, and I think within a week or two, they flew her out to um, the, the the Lucasfilm headquarters, and they, she was That's on the a Star slap Wars in show. the face. That's a, that 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 oh, that is. Why? What I'm going to do? I'm going to go on Twitter next weekend and this weekend and say, "Oh man, watching Star Wars for the first time." No, wait a second. They let that goddamn chick with the stupid Chewbacca mask become famous enough to have to get freaking money for autographs. This is bullcrap. Is she on cameos? Is she on cameo or something right now? We could get her to open the show. I'm Chewbacca, lady, and you're listening to the Nice Invader. <laughs> but that was that was viral in its own sense. Like that's you're not gonna you can't control that. But, but the point I was trying to make with this person, Mar, though, was that it was it seemed like authentic new Star Wars love, and Lucasfilm brought her on like almost practically immediately. And that's the issue. Is that if they're if what they're about back- these old fans we have? Screw them. Yeah, I th- believe me. I think I do think it's cool, but I, I, of course, I'm just becoming embittered hearing that. Like, wait, what? I've been dedicated. We've dedicated our lives to this thing, and this person can but, watch it for five minutes. I am I'm absolutely happy for. Her. It's also the idea too is that, like, if Star Wars is going to survive, it's not going to survive off fifty year old men talking about how Empire is the best film ever. That no brand not, is going to uh, live uh, forever. Uh, well, I don't know about you, but I'm not fifty. I don't think I think we're I all think a few talk- years away from that. Yeah, I think you're talking about uh, uh, another show with initials that I'm told not to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I don't. Again, it's just the whole idea. That, like that's why again connecting this back to the Last Jedi, and even with the Bob Iger comment, the ardent Star Wars fans. It's like no, they are. Think about it. In a few years, in marketing advertising terms, they're not going to be worth a damn because they're not. When it comes to like key demographics. That's kind of a demo. Once you kind of hit like over the the hump of fifty, there's no point in marketing to you because they you know what that demographic's going to buy. They're set in their ways. No, you know you know what they get marketed to with. Let me tell you about my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> my pillow guy. Let's do Star Wars. My pillow. It's made. It's made of uh, uh, pork. In ten years, we'll have we'll have star. Wait, wait till all the uh, the Star Wars like geriatric related products are coming out. When we get older, it's going to be like uh, Chewbacca depend, and uh, we'll Darth- still keep marketing. <laughs> Darth Vader bedpan. I I just yeah. want the Chewbacca depends to make a Wookiee cry whenever they get wet. <laughs> <laughs> then, or you could wear them in a Bacta tank, like they will fit. Like that's how they show how absorbent they are that you get in the box tank and it yeah. just soaks it all up. <laughs> and then it's like ten minutes later, it's just you standing there in an empty tank. It absorbed all of it and no one would notice. And you're like <laughs> like twenty pounds. Oh man. I need to stop joking about this. I'll be at home. Lightsaber canes. Okay. Oh, oh that already exists. That's yeah, but it'll be cool. <laughs> That's how you get them into Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> $300 for the cane. Ah, oh, dear. But yeah, that's kind of like, again, my, my big complaint with all this is I don't... Who, whoever has their hand on the steering wheel, I, I think it's... Take it off. You know, they got to put both hands back on because they clearly don't have either one on right now. I get yeah, so... Yeah, like, I'm trying to get through that tight alley. You better turn it. <laughs> 
Hope he makes it all the way to the end. That's but oh that's yeah, a, that's what they're doing right now. That is a perfect analogy. But that's that's the thing though. Is that like we have the conclusion to the Skywalker saga coming out in less than ninety days. Yet, why are they releasing articles and stuff about how all these bad things for Star Wars? Like, why? Like, what is the sense that they really think that these articles are going to help? Like, I, if this was last year at this time, like, okay, Solo, Solo's about to come out on Blu-ray, Rise of Skywalker is over a year away. It's like, whatever, it's kind of a dead zone for Star Wars. But it's like, right now... It's like you you should be like not I don't want to say kind of like amping us up, but at the same time it's like you know what give light a fire under us. Mm-hmm. Even though I will I will mention didn't you buy you own the Bible Iger book physical copy I did now, buy right? the book. <laughs> yes, I do. I'm a, at this point, I don't think I need to read it because I keep reading articles that have excerpts from it. So I think eventually, <laughs> if I just read enough articles, I'll just like you know what secondhand read the whole book without ever nice. cracking it open. Um. Yeah, actually, no. I, again, I I want to read the Bob Iger book because I know there's a bunch of stuff in there just in general, and plus I'm a big uh, Disney corporate history fan. Um, because again, and folks too, it's not to sit there show that like I know you've heard me rant for the last like how long, but like I've been researching the Disney Corporation for like ten plus years now. Like I I've been following them with a magnifying glass. Like I again, I've read stuff out the wazoo. I do know how they operate. Um, again, terribly. I wrote, I, I wrote my no, not terribly. No, God, no. Look at look at the rest of the movie studios. There's no other sure bet in Hollywood right now than Disney. Um, but like, no, like even in college, I wrote my freaking my thesis my on Disney. Like, I had two debates in college where I had to argue about how they were a better better financial bet than Google, and I won both of them with with most okay. of the burden on my back trying to convince people like i know how disney works i'm not just some random person like i, I like to imagine the what's the scene from monty python's life of brian when he goes to the little like what the the streets do you have all the oh good lord the the false prophets all kind of like claiming that the world's going <laughs> to end like i'm not one of those people yeah i feel like i'm brian sitting there being like don't believe them believe me i know you have no reason to believe my word over all these other uh, false prophets and i'm not even saying i am a prophet i'm just saying that I, I have done the research i know how this company works and how this is so like they have had moments like this where they make really weird weird decisions that make no sense whether it be the lone ranger john carter mars needs moms um look at the muppets that is a well, yeah. a property of theirs. They just do not know what to do with it, and the the fan base of that, which I tangentially see through things, they are not like very happy with anything. They're, they're a big a big ride of theirs is disappearing from Disney, and there's just no new content. They keep trying to do different stuff, and it's just not working. Well, they 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 did the Jason Siegel thing that I guess did okay. I mean, most people have a positive opinion of that. That was that was Muppet Awakens for them. That was their <laughs> first thing they did. And yeah, then subsequently, I don't think the sequel did as well. Yeah. And then they tried that show and it failed. Then they tried to retool it and it failed. But they have, do have one thing working for them. And I have a young niece who's two years old and she loves the new Muppet Babies. There's new Muppet Babies? Yeah. There are. Wait, you? They, I, I bought her for her birthday a bunch of stuff uh, from Target. They had a huge Muppet Baby section at Target. I need yep. to go look. Not huge. Like a third, maybe a quarter of an aisle. Yeah, I've seen it. They have like, like what, like a Fozzie bear that like sings and dances. I saw once, like on an end cap. It's pretty much that everybody even has Tyler and Wald, um, Waldorf are now added to it. They pop up occasionally, baby versions. 
Oh, really? Or maybe they're older. Yeah, I remember, they are part I, I, of the I show remember, now. I remember in the original Muppet Babies, they showed up as like more just like adults. Yes, yes. And yeah, like how uh, Bunsen would show up occasionally with Beaker. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I, that's, very, that's a very good point you bring up, Ross, is that Disney, Disney has, again, they're very successful, but they're not, they're not, they don't know everything. And Star Wars no, is true. a much is a much harder. Like I said earlier, it's it's a much harder egg uh, not to crack. It really is. Yeah, you you, have a, you would think the Muppets would be a fairly easy nut to crack for them, but it doesn't seem to work. But I I think they're faring much better with Star Wars so far. That there there are fandoms in worse shapes right now. Yeah, I don't know. But the problem is the DC that, Universe coming. <laughs> no, you is can't make J- that. Is it JJ's turn? Is it that's what's happening next? Is it JJ's turn to do? No, um, but he signed a deal with Warner Brothers, but nobody knows what exactly that means yet. It could be anything. It could be that. It could be something. I signed a deal with Warner Brothers at this rate. <laughs> You're doing Deadpool keep, three. It was to keep off their lot. <laughs> oh wait, ba, 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 da, ba. Uh, All right, be back in ten minutes. Ah uh, yes, though. So, um, but no, like I said, Disney they have their their fair share of problems. Again, Galaxy's Edge, like I said back in whatever episode I recorded earlier this year, the whole idea that if it wasn't, it didn't make sense. Why build a whole theme park land that's not tied to any specific part of the Star Wars universe? Um, doesn't make any sense. But again, I, again, folks, I defend them, but I don't think they know everything. They've made mistakes, but the dis- they'll make more. Oh yes, they will because they're because uh, the sad thing now is that they're they're panicking, and a decision made while panic is panicking is never a good one. Mm-mm. Well, that's well, that that's the other thing. It's kind of like if they just stayed the course, I think they'd be fine. But it's this damage control they're trying to do to appease. Uh, I don't I don't want to round us back into this, but this damage control to appease a very vocal but very finite amount of fans in my opinion i think that goes for a lot of people but i think a lot of that it's it's the it's a million dollar question when it comes to star wars is that who are they making star wars stuff for that's the question when they make the rise of skywalker who are they trying to appeal to uh, it seems like everybody i think I, they're trying to get kids with lunch boxes and us and people going on dates. I, I think this is, they have to tent pole this thing. They want everyone and it's so hard. But the thing about, I, I agree with you. Cause again, it's, it's four quadrant filmmaking, which is what that's the business Disney's exclusively in. Now they don't make weird films like the, the weird life of Timothy green, where it's a kid, like becoming a plant. They don't make those black cauldron. Anymore. Well, that that's, I try to go with a more contemporary example, but sure. Black cauldron. Yeah. Too. Song uh, of but, the South. <laughs> so now we're really going back. I'm sorry. Um, but no, that's just kind of the whole point, though. Is that, and Disney's always done weird stuff like this. Like even I think I've talked about it years ago. But I was even talking to Rob with Cinemonides. Is that you? Everybody knows the movie The Emperor's New Groove, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that with that movie that they um that movie originally started off as Kingdom in the Sun? Yeah, and it was supposed they, to be more Pocahontas esque. Well, yeah, it was supposed to be much more less comedic than the final thing. And what happened was was that they were working on it for like a year and a half. The executives came in and said this this isn't particularly very good. One of the one of the co-directors quit, and they pretty much threw out the entire movie and they started from scratch and you got the final product. Like mm-hmm. Disney's 
Disney's been doing this forever. It's not it's not new for them to throw things out and just start new. It's been going on forever. It's it's that's the weird thing. We keep holding Star Wars to this weird sort of standard because it's Star Wars. And I think part of the reason why too that Disney is having such a hard time managing Star Wars is that Star Wars the fandom takes Star Wars so seriously. Like there's nobody on the face of this earth that takes the Disney animated films as seriously as Star Wars fans <laughs> take Star Wars. It's true. I, I, can, can you, you guys are big in the nerdy geek culture. Can you name another fandom? And by fandom, I mean like an entertainment property where that fandom takes its specific property as seriously as the Star Wars fans take Star Wars. I mean, it, it seemed really unparalleled for, I mean, almost decades. But I'd say Zanger, maybe back in maybe the Harry Potter fan base might be close. I mean, they've got a. A huge land and and spinoffs and everything and a, and a huge series, but it seems so new. But would would that be considered it? This statement was brought up on either the Harry Potter series or the Star Wars series for Zingness when we did those back in the day, and I think it was for Star Wars. It was brought up that Harry Potter is kind of the only thing you can really compare it to with the cultural impact. But that is something to where it Star was Trek the, land. But that that is a comparison for a book that became a movie, too. Star Wars didn't have that. Star Wars was just it's it's it was a movie that then spread out from there. Um, maybe wow, but not really. I don't know. I think it is because look at and Zenger knows I've been wanting to do this episode now for a while and just kind of got back burned to the point where we'll probably get to it sometime next year. It's, it it's like, on the back burner. It's like. In like a warming pot off to the side, I feel. It's in the backyard, just kind of like growing some mold on it at this point. <laughs> yeah, I want to do an episode on the crimes of Grindelwald. And it's the whole idea. Watching that, like, that movie was the crime for me. Man, what a uh, great title. I love that title so much. Um, but no, like I I was never a big, like I, I saw all the Harry Potter films in theaters, um, except for the first one. And I I loved Crimes of Grindelwald. It's my favorite Harry Potter thing ever. As I've explained it to Zanger, it's the Attack of the Clones of the Harry Potter universe. <laughs> Zanger hates it. All right, now, well, now I want to see it. <laughs> Sounds great. It's true. The, ba- the ending of Crimes of Grindelwald is essentially the Battle of Geonosis. That's, that is Christ what it is. It is. It really awesome the guy, and that's why I love it. It's great. It's like it sets everything up. And I know, and that's the weird thing is like I'm on board with that movie because you know why? It's like the first Harry Potter thing that isn't just people running around trying to stop like a mysterious bad guy. Like we know who our villain is. He's not in the shadows. It's like okay, I'm going to take over. Whereas every other Harry Potter movie, except for like Deathly Hollows Part Two. Is just okay. We have this malevolent force in the shadows. We can't do anything about it until it finally pokes out of the shadows. Then we defeat it, and it's just rinse, lather, repeat for seven more films. Christmas scene. Then we defeat it. Yeah, yeah. You gotta have that Christmas scene. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, no. But again, I think the Harry Potter thing is close because the Harry Potter fans are rebelling against the Fantastic Beast series right now. Not my Potter. Not my Grindelwald. Mm, very well. <laughs> not my, not my Johnny Depp. They, they should just be rebelling against her, her freaking Twitter account. <laughs> Don't you dare! That, that's great. We keep learning the most intimate details of the Harry Potter universe. You not say intimate. I say beyond pointless. The lady's oh. name is J.K. She's just kidding. I don't know oh. why they take that so seriously. Like, do I need to know that Hagrid's favorite song is Africa by Toto? 
Did she really say that? Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Zenger, I think I'm the one who told you that. (laughs) You probably did. It's in a recording somewhere. Someone go back and listen. It is very quick to jump for me to to point that one out to people. And they're like, but what? And I'm like, exactly. I'm pretty sure that was made up. I just regurgitated it to you. See, folks, I'm just as guilty. See? Even though I'm not perfect. You're putting it out there. He's putting it on a podcast. Now it happened. Uh, pretty well, much well, happened. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're Zenger, talking go type, about it. Go, Zenger, you can, like not paying attention while we're recording. Go type in Hagrid Africa Toto and see what comes up. If it's oh, real, the tweet will be the first show. thing that shows up. I, I wrote Oh, Hagrid. my God. Okay, has revealed oh, the heartbreaking truth about Hagrid. Oh, that he could not produce a Patronus. Wait, did you seriously make up that fact? I've been yelling that at people for a long time. I told time. you, I found that online. And I just, I thought been yelling at people. I see you <laughs> on the stream. Just grabbing right How do I know this? I just do, folks. If you've listened to this podcast long enough and have an, like an encyclopedic memory of all of our episodes, you can find the exact moment where Zenger heard this for the first time, and now you hear the exact moment where he found out it was all a lie. Yeah. But that I'm sorry, the, uh, the KOV wiki it needs a, to be updated. <laughs> the, no, Ross, we can't. We can't have. We're not that important. We're like the KOV like GeoCities. <laughs> <laughs> all right. With that being said, anything else about all this stuff, or uh, are we ready to wrap this up? No, I'm good. Hold on. Look up ten things you might not know about Hagrid. <laughs> all right. He's allergic to cats. Not very good groundskeeper, then, Kenny. That is true. Oh, All right. Well, Zenger continues to not pay attention while recording this podcast. So concludes this episode of the Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. Check out our Facebook group. Type in Knights of Vader on the Facebook, and you will find us there waiting for you. Shoot us an email, kovpodcast at gmail.com. Gus, I read all your emails. I will respond one day. I apologize. Find us on Instagram, at kovpodcast. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, subscribe to us, and leave us a five-star review if you'd be so kind. Thank you to Anne's Superiority Complex for providing our theme song. Check out the show notes to hear more from them. For questions, comments, concerns, or snipe remarks, contact me, Zach, on Twitter, at Cinemodies. And you can also hear me on the Cinemodies podcast as we delve into the very first episode of Monstober with more goosebumps. Can't wait. Waldorf and Statler, where can people find you? All right, uh, you can find me every week on Unbelievers Podcast. Uh, yeah, check it out wherever you get your podcast. And you can find me on the Zing This Podcast, where we talk about nerdy topics every week, and we are getting ready for our own Zingtobers coming, everyone. It's going to be time for some spooky fun over on Zing This. Zinger, may, may I make a Zingtober request live on the air? Actually, um, yes, you can, but I think if I remember correctly, uh, by the time you're listening to this, you should be able to listen to um, the Aliens on the Moon episode, where I watched that horrible documentary. I mean, great documentary. Zenger, I want a Treehouse of Horror episode. You know what? I was just thinking about that today. Not going to say it's not going to happen, not going to say it's going to happen, but um, I was thinking about it today, so take that as you will. All right, I'm excited. It's not like Eric doesn't know anything about Simpsons. (laughs) All righty, gentlemen. Good night, but not goodbye. And as always, Ross. Remember Alderaan, down with the Empire!